You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1068 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And this is actually part two of a two-part episode with myself and good friend of the podcast, P.D. Webb. So I want to stress, if you missed part one, it is still on the feed. If you don't see it, you can definitely find it somewhere, I promise you. But this is a two-part conversation. It's sort of free-flowing, so I'd recommend that you listen to part one. And this is part two that you are about to hear with myself and P.D. about Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper, Skylar Mays, Summer League stuff overall, some takeaways and future-facing stuff, etc. Um, one quick note on the news front here before we turn it over to myself and PD again for Part 2, that the Hawks actually announced on Wednesday afternoon that Nick Van Exel will be a part of the coaching staff. This is something we discussed earlier in the week when it was reported, but now it's official and it's been announced. And Nate McMillan, in his quote in the release, talked about the fact that he was uh, helping develop young guards for the teams that he's worked with. That's something I pointed out the other day is that you know, Marlon Garnett was always tasked with some guard stuff. And Van Exel being a former NBA guard, that makes a lot of sense that he would be uh, sort of put in to potentially work with and supplement and help and enhance that backcourt. So it makes a lot of sense. He's now on the staff officially, and the Hawks are back to having a full coaching staff at this point in time. All right, before we get to Skylar Mays and Jalen Johnson, talk with PD Webb, a word from our sponsors on the podcast, and the first of which is betonline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at BetOnline. And beyond baseball, there is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at BetOnline. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to the BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite TV shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about the simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like they've never been before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
All right, PD, we're back. It's part two, uh, and we are going to talk about Jalen Johnson. I promise everyone Jalen Johnson is coming. But I wanted to ask about Skylar Mays, too. Uh, obviously, the not, not quite as much of a talking point as Sharif and Jalen. He's not currently on the Hawks roster, but he, he was tendered a qualifying offer, and uh, he's close to the fold, and they treat him like he's on the team, basically, even though he's not at this moment in time. So I actually don't know how you feel about Skylar overall because we haven't talked about him a lot because, you know, second-round pick last year, all that stuff. Uh, what did you think about him, uh, I guess, before Summer League? And did anything change with what you saw in Vegas about, about Skylar Mays? Um, I'd always liked Skylar Mays. Um, a really fun handle and a really fun contortion around the rim. Um, you know, with a lot of guards, his size and his, like, general skill set. Like, they can kind of run a team, but you don't necessarily want to give them, you know, huge amounts of, of, of passing responsibility. It was always going to come down to the shooting and like, kind of specifically the off-the-dribble shooting. Um, as a sort of like a combo guard who could play one two, um, I thought that he kind of got a, a rough deal from from the Hawks in terms of like what he probably thought the summer league was going to be one day before the draft and what the summer league turned out to be uh, the day you know, in, in reality. <laughs> yeah, um, but he definitely made the most of it. Um, shout out to his ten for ten from the free throw line game against the uh, the Miami Heat. Um, Overall, like, I think that the jumpers has made some progress. Um, it's still pretty streaky um, across the board. It ended up being 33%, but, like, it felt better than that. Um, yeah. But, you know, a strong guy with a good handle who gets to the line a lot is an interesting player to have uh, in the wings. And especially when the roster is so, like, six seven six eight sized, it's really easy to find some defensive cover for him. Um, you know, he's he's not necessarily, like, somebody you, you want to throw on, you know, I would say primaries or secondaries are probably better hiding him um, in lineups or trades, not on the floor. But I think that he could have value to this team, especially if the, the shooting gets ratcheted up like one or two more notches. Um, but yeah, the foul drawing is the thing that I was most excited about. Yeah, and I, I've always liked him too. I'm with you. I think it's not the only way, but I did not think that the Hawks were likely to take a point guard uh, at 48. But when Sharif Cooper falls in your lap, you take him. And, uh, you know, Scott got to play on the ball a decent amount in Summer League, to your point. Like, they, they did him, uh, I'm not sure if it was a favor, if it was actually just to make everybody else better, too. But he was also the backup point guard. They definitely staggered them, had them on, had one of them on the floor at all times. And then he did have the one game without Sharif, um, which was probably helpful. But in terms of a showcase, I'm sure he wanted to play on the ball a little bit more than he did, but still play on the ball a decent amount. And there's a, there's this debate too about like what he actually is whether he's a one or a two and he's just kind of he's kind of a combo guard and I wish he was quicker but like he can yeah. do a lot of stuff. Yeah, he. I mean, he's the good thing is that while he isn't like particularly quick, he does have a ton of counters. So if he gets like oh, yeah. a half advantage, uh, he loves that spin. You know, uh, he loves he loves a two piece combo. Um, <laughs> he's very like, crafty, man. Like he's yeah, very very crafty. It's also like the position that he is matters less when you have wings who can pass and initiate. Yeah. So, like, Kevin Herter and him make sense. Like, it doesn't matter how you label it. It's like Kevin Herter's passing kind of covers up for, um, uh, I think, Skylar Mays is, like, best utility, which is attacking downhill. Um, and that, that emergence enables lineups. And the more um, the more unique your wings are, the more, like, you can play certain archetypes onto the floor and, and get real, like, usage out of them. Um, I mean, I think that keeping Trey fresh, I know that he's still really young, but, like, just not having to put him through a meat grinder of usage every single game for the next like decade 
uh, is going to be important. And, you know, you don't have to start resting him, you know, every fifth game or whatever, but just trying to get him from an insane usage down to like something that is more manageable in one word. If, if he's not on the floor, you feel safe and you don't have to like hurry him back in. Yeah. And I think, you know, on one hand, they loaded up back at point guard with Wright and Lou. So there's not like a clear path there and they do have depth, but you know, he wasn't supposed to play last year either. And they had a bunch of injuries and he had, he had to play some real minutes for them at times as a two-way rookie on a playoff bound team. So, you know, he's, he's an older guy. I, I think he's an NBA player. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most likely scenario at this point, given that we're, you know, in late August now is that he probably has to just sign the qualifying offer, which is a two-way and come back on a two-way. Um, that's good for the team. Not great for him. I wish he got a minimum somewhere. I think he's an NBA player, but um, we'll see. I, I, I just think that, like, situationally, it's not the greatest thing in the world for him just because of how many guys there are, including Sharif now, that are, like, kind of in his airspace. But yeah. I do think that he could – I mean, if something happens, you get two injuries. I mean, if there's a game tomorrow, I would trust Scholar Mays to play over Sharif Cooper in the NBA. I mean, that's not, like, yeah. a controversial statement. He's, like, five years older than him as well, but – uh, or four years older than him, but I think Scholar is a perfectly adequate backup guard in the NBA right now. If you had to play him, yeah, and, and I mean, especially in in circumstances where like you have uh, bigger players who won't force him to to run a, a whole bunch of pick and rolls as the primary, um, or you know, like be be the table setter. And he, so, I, I don't think he would be in Atlanta. I mean, yeah, honestly, unless there was tons of injuries, like I can't imagine a scenario where he would be asked to carry a massive load as the only primary initiator. Like even if he's yeah. Even even if Trey goes down, he's you, you can play him with Lou. You can play him with the long Yeah, I mean even in a, her, even in a like, second unit is, is more yeah. what I'm thinking. Where it's just like I think that he's one of those guys that is best uh, uh, as seasoning to a lineup, where you know you, too much of a, you know too much of his creation is sort of the sign of an imbalanced lineup. But that that free throw rate, those counters, the ability to attack a second side, you know when he gets hot, keeping him shooting, like those are valuable things. Which is the needs of the lineup um i and i think that's sort of why the the positional thing doesn't matter as much as just the, the job done getting overlapping skills um in, in team building has sort of added that like even yet can like is, is a decision maker i'd probably want to run things a little bit more on second use just to, you know, let them explore the studio space after his stilted rookie year i mean even J- even jalen johnson at this point yeah. uh who we'll get to in a second but yeah i, I think that Mays checks a lot of boxes. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, he might be the best. This is going to sound funny, but I mean it. If he's on a two-way, he might be the best. He might be the best, like, player on a two-way this season in the NBA. Like, in terms of, like, right now. Not not prospect-wise, but in terms of, like, player right now today. There's a chance he's, like, the best two-way in the league. <laughs> Honestly. Like. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think there's a strong likelihood of it. I don't know if it will be today, because I think that, I mean, I feel like we should just fully segue into uh, the Jalen Johnson conversation. Absolutely. Um, Let's do it. Um, I think that my argument for him not being the best two-way player today is that we still don't really know what he is. Um, and I say this as a person who is like as, about as high as possible as Jalen Johnson uh, going into his senior year, um, is that like he's had a very strange past two years um, between uh, a senior year at IMG that didn't really get started, then played a couple games back at home before leaving for Duke. Played 13 games, I think, and then you know, um, in a in a season that was weird for pretty much everybody, with with the pandemic and you know, having to live in hotels, and sometimes some people had to practice in different states. And he had a similarly odd season where yeah, after 13 games, he he packed up and went home. So I think that his first half of the year 
is just going to be trying stuff, putting him in as many actions as possible, as many roles as possible, you know, seeing where his game is. Because, like, I watched every second that Daniel Johnson played because I will not because I like was excited to evaluate it because I wanted to get reacquainted with the player that Jalen Johnson was because not once during this process did I feel like I had a great grasp on him because of the archetype he is, how like how thin the margins are between, you know, role allocation within that archetype and, you know, what what was this what's the stable sample here? Like the Wisconsin high school basketball, the the, the UIBL <laughs> season he played like basically two and a half years ago. Is, I mean, is, is, isn't this isn't this why he fell? It's like the only reason why he might have fallen. Like, is, is yeah. just, there's no baseline, like not no baseline, but it's just it's really it's not an excuse. I think I, we we both had a higher arbitrary baseline. Like, there's everyone's baseline will be different. Yeah, and, and without going into like you know the the intel stuff or you know the behind the scenes or the, or the rumor mill, it's just that like how, at what point do you take the statement? Take you put the number and say this is what an average Jalen Johnson performance looks like, or this is where I roughly think he is right now. You kind of can't because like no, you know, with with other guys, even if you played poorly, at least you understand what they are. And you know, as, as much draft content as I consume, it was just not possible unless I, you know, had a uh, you know a, a camera inside his his pre-draft workouts to understand like what his jumper looked like at this point, or you know how his handle had progressed, or you know, I mean, I knew that he was in fantastic shape, but that was basically it. Um, and so I watched, you know, every, uh, every second that he played in summer league to just get reacquainted with where he was, where his processing was, where his handle was and trying to not make too many like snap judgment judgments about it. Um, you know, I feel like I came in pretty well informed, um, you know, or as informed as possible. Um, but just trying to understand where he's at now so we can build going forward. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you uh, what you saw, and so uh, prepare for that. But uh, between now and then, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today. Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past, and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time, and you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences, and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and from there, you want to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. 
They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. All right, PD. Uh, you know, it was, it was sort of a varied skill set and lots of lots of great flashes and all kinds of things from Jalen Johnson. But uh, we agree on the fact that it was like hard to figure out what he was going to be. The numbers were great. Uh, you know, the, everything was really impressive. But I guess like what what, it, what it stood out to you in terms of what he was actually able to do, because the numbers are the numbers. But I'm more interested in like observations that you have from what he put on tape. The first thing that stood out was the mindset. Um, he had been a guy in my previous experiences with with watching him that like the uh, engagement level varied depending on how good the players on the other side of the floor were. Like yep. you know, in any YBL, he like he went after Cade, he went after Jalen Johnson, and like then he played you know like a lesser YBL team, and you just didn't get the same like fire in his eyes, ready to you know burn this whole place down to get a W. Even in college, yeah, <laughs> that like, was. I mean, there was there was lots of like halves where he was like pretty good in the other half, or like not whole games, like that Georgia Tech half where he just like eviscerated Moses Wright. It was like, yeah. oh, this is a thing that's happening. But the rest of the time, it was kind of uh, I don't know, more passive. Yeah, and so I was really curious to see, just like again, summer league is a, a very much a make of it what you will place from a player's perspective. Like some people are there because they're demanded to be there. Other dudes just like I mean, Tyrese Maxey could not have been having more fun taking sidestep threes. He's like, wait, this is what you want me to do? do not, you do not have to say anything else to me. I am thrilled to be here. Um, and then, you know, uh, everybody else kind of falls on that continuum. And I was curious to see how a guy who, you know, if you told me two years ago that he didn't get picked in the top five, I would have been shocked. Like, truly shocked. That, that's how off course this went um, in, from expectations and I guess you you know that could go two ways. One, you could walk into this walk into summer league and be like, yeah, um, I should be playing one game today. Or you could have walked in and been like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever is asked of me because this is you know this is my opportunity. I'm going to make the most of it. And I thought it was really encouraging that like the hack the the Hawks opened many games with like a lob for him. Yep. Just to touch the rim, be like, hey, no, like you're important to us. Like, even if like throw it, even if it's not there, go up and try to get it. Try to bang on somebody. Let's get let's get the competitive juices flowing. Um, and Sharif Cooper really, really, really stayed on him, like really and truly. They 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 were basically glued together during during like every one of the timeouts, yep. every little moment. And it it was a lot of Sharif just like you know, uh, hey, let's do this. Hey, it just it wasn't like yelling at. It was trying to go up and spark conversations to be like, what are you seeing? Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Um, you know. Not like a uh, like the, the the Chris Paul James Harden like you know spirited conversation <laughs> like which again is normal normal basketball. It's like I saw it this way, not this way. Like there are two dudes getting to know each other and trying to be in the moment. Um, and I did not see him really get disengaged once. Like I saw him get frustrated, but I never saw yeah. him get disengaged. And that is a tremendous success. I like if if, they, if it were that alone, I would say good summer. Yeah, no, I I, I agree and. You know, they both talked about it independent of each other in post-game stuff about how they already have this chemistry together. And you can kind of see that it was – they were uh, – Sharif and Jalen were, like, both kind of pouring in, um, to your point, more probably, pro- probably on Sharif's side. But I think it really helped both of them to have each other there. 
but in particular, it probably helped Jalen to have Sharif there, um, both on court stuff and also just like what you just said. But I'm with you. I mean, the only thing that, and I would agree that he wasn't disengaged. It was kind of funny because I have a uh, friend of the podcast, Tower Jones, that mentioned this a bunch of times. I agree with him. It was pretty clear that Johnson's like not in game shape. Like he's in shape, yes. but, he has, but he hasn't played basketball in so long yeah. that he would like play three minutes and just be gassed. Like and like yeah. mentally too. Like that's maybe the hardest part about not playing basketball in, in a game setting for that long is like you're just not used to playing 28 minutes of you know, full on, it's still summer, but these guys are playing hard. They're getting up and on the floor. It's a, it's a fast tempo. And he looked like he uh, needed to blow a few different times, which is not like a shot at him. It's just, I, no, things, it's things, just things, the, things it, you notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of those things like how, like game shape is a very specific type of shape. Yep. And is. he looks like, like when he walks into a gym, like the dude looks like a professional. Athlete. Oh, like, he's obviously in shape. Negative 1% <laughs> body fat. Like yeah. just like, like a a dude who like was like no no when I walk into the room the first thing that I want people to think isn't like oh you know we've heard these things it's like oh no this dude is taking his body extraordinarily seriously yeah to, to sort of treat that as like his passport of being like no I'm like I'm, I mean this it it's a it sends a great message but replicating game speed even in like as hard as NBA players work is just difficult because it's the it's the change of direction it's making decisions under duress it's running when you didn't think you'd have to run just all the little things that, that make basketball unique uh, as, as an exercise. And yeah, you could see that he hadn't like really had to do that stuff in, in six or seven months. Um, it did, I didn't think it like affected him in terms of his processing. Uh, you know, uh, the more tired a guy is just generally things get sloppy. Yeah. Um, I felt like they had a pretty good control of, of when they knew he was getting uh, like real worn down and they would just like sub him out for two minutes and bring him right back in for somebody else. Um, with just good understanding of, of where he's at. Um, if we just want to go into like the main things that I was looking for. Yeah, um, go. I mean, go go ahead because there's obviously yeah. you know there's a couple things to check box. I you mentioned the shooting earlier, so yeah, whatever. You yeah, want. I mean, I think that's the place to start. Um, so his senior year of high school, he was starting to make changes where he was like more like it looked natural for him to shoot off the dribble, um, but the top of the release was like a claw, and there is a somewhat famous uh somewhat infamous draft uh a, a analyst video where he a, a person cut all of the the like the the ball leaving his hand elements out so it was just the the shot and you had to guess whether it went in or not and the second half you show you you know the results and like there was no logic like sometimes it'd be a claw and it would go in sometimes it would go you know look perfect and fly off the backboard and you know it's, it's just what happens when a jumper isn't organized and, and hasn't been you know repped smooth or, or, you know, it hasn't been internalized fully. And the claw was not present. It was the first thing I saw when, you know, just watching him shoot around. Yeah. That, um, you know, I was kind of doing the like SpongeBob meme where he's reading two different book pages of a book, just like one, <laughs> one eye looking at Sharif, the other eye looking at, um, at Jalen. Same. And, yeah. Uh, you know, doing the best I can, you know, trying to be like, Hey, uh, do you have film of this? Can, can you send it to me? Um, uh, you know, it didn't end up happening, but yeah, if you do call me, um, the um, the claws gone. He took them much more confidently. I feel like he very rarely passed up jumpers. Yeah, he and was, when he did, he was notably aggressive. I thought looking for a jumper, which was good. And and the thing that I really liked is when he did pass up one, he took the very next one. Like uh, this happened in the Miami game. He passed up one early, and the next possession, like basically the exact same thing happened, and he like pre shot it. 
he took some tough ones too. I mean, yeah. obviously, you don't. I think he took some shots that you wouldn't necessarily want him taking in a real game right now, which yeah. is part, that's part of the fun of summer league. But he took some pretty difficult, like nineteen foot fadeaways, like that kind of stuff, where I was okay with it, and they looked good. He, and he made it. Obviously, he was, he managed to be efficient either way. But I was pleasantly surprised about how. Uh, I guess probably in keeping with the theme that we're talking about, like how engaged he was and how willing and kind of aggressive he was overall. Yeah. I mean, I think that just having the mentality of like, I'm going to overtake the thing that I'm, that there are worries about with me. Yeah. is a good general philosophy. Um, you know, I think there's some mid-rangers in there that I would really have preferred him not take. Sure. You know, um, I'm with you, but I also don't mind in summer league. I don't mind it in yeah. summer league when you're just trying to like get the guy to do this yeah. expand I mean, and be aggressive, but I, I'm with you overall. But it was more like, okay, he used to do this a lot. Is he still doing it? Like, with so much of this, I was basically pretending that this was a whole new guy and, and pretending that, trying to pretend this was the first time I had seen him and making note of any little tendency that you know, might have changed or, you know, might have appeared. And, you know, um, I think the thing that jumped out the most is that he struggled to, to create advantage on his own. Um, he is, he is a good passer yeah but he's very much the first time that he gets advantage the ball comes out like he is uh he like when you watch sharif sharif is reading everybody on the court and trying to figure out what is the most dangerous for a possession and that's not necessarily how uh that's not how jalen makes his decisions like Jalen, which, which is pretty normal for a guy who's yeah. like you know six nine and yeah, all I mean, it's very similar to Ben. Like, uh, in in fact, they made some of the exact same passes um, from the high post, like those like around the corner sign of kind of to a baseline cutter. Oh, if you um, if you don't think Hawks fans were uh, firing off the Ben Simmons with a jumper uh, meme on uh, <laughs> on Jalen Johnson, uh, yeah. that was happening all week long, which is funny. But but I, I think that Ben is a is a very meaningful point. Is like the reason why those are the passes is because like when there is an advantage, he like he's capable of quickly finding it. But if you're if he has to manipulate multiple defenders, he's not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always been his thing is that he he is an advantage like seeker, but he's not like creating it with using his eyes like with Sharif he will use every part of his body to move a defender a little bit to throw a lob and Jalen just be like okay that guy's not going to open moving the next and it can cause problems like when they run a hammer action and he knows it'll be open so he jumps and then the hammer doesn't happen and now he's hanging in air and stuck and he doesn't like he didn't prepare second or third reads like I thought I had the slip of the hammer this usually works and like that's the thing he's he's not reading what's happening he kind of has a, a, a blueprint in his mind um, which is fantastic for a secondary, like for where, where he is as a guy who is not necessarily initiating every possession. That is awesome. The thing that's going to separate him from Ben is that like Ben, Ben can create more advantage than he can. Um, like just flat out is, is a better athlete. Ben can also play the five, which brings me to my next point was that I was really curious to see how his athleticism. Yeah. I, I asked actually, I was not, huge surprise because of the roster construction but they had him he played a lot of five mm-hmm. and like i think it's summer league it's easier to do that matchup wise but i was intrigued by that decision um in part because they went out of their way on draft night and after to talk about him as a combo forward that's the yep. uh, that, that's that's the term of of extensive use and then of course and i was like um oh, he's playing center a lot uh was that a conscious choice and they kind of just pivoted to like you know it's just the situation and summer league all that stuff which is fine but I thought he looked um, because he's so big. He didn't look out of place doing it in summer league, but obviously, 
that isn't the same thing as doing it in in a real setting. And I think the end the end to end stuff. I wanted to ask you this, but I mean the advantage creation in in transition is uh, still breathtaking. Like he can really yeah. get it get it and go. Like I I, I made that I said I, I think I tweeted that I was questioning his. Uh, advantage creation or something like that and someone was like wait are you talking about in the half court and i was like yes not not transition transition stuff looks great to me i mean especially up close i i knew it i've seen it on film but like it's different when you see a guy grab and go at that size and go end to end with like four dribbles and he did it a couple yeah. times uh i mean the thing that's really for me like the grabbing and going is is pretty scary like but like if you've seen other guys you know like you've seen ben or even like draymond just like the, the amount of you know locomotion you get the thing that's really scary is that when he is cutting at full speed oh yeah his last two steps get faster and it's like he hits the turbo button just for those last two steps and yeah, it, he explodes that's right yeah I he explodes agree. into his jump like into his jumping mechanism and uh you can see quite often he has to like tilt his head to not like get ko'd by the backboard um just because of how like just how fast and how quickly he's moving um which is a thing I like do think might happen at some point. Not that he's like not going to knock himself up, but like that he will uh, have to take a seat because he might hit his head a touch too hard trying to dunk. Um, so I think that the, the using him as a five, uh, I think there's two things that are going on there. The first one is just like physically, can he do it? And the answer that we found is like he is he is a phenomenal and uh, like downhill athlete. As a phone booth athlete, a guy jumping straight up and down or off one step. He does not have the pop necessary to be a primary rim protector. He is great at cleaning up if somebody else is, is you know, if if uh, if Jordan Bell um, is on the front side, which Jordan <laughs> Bell, which Jordan Bell can do. Shots to Jordan Bell. Yeah, I mean, this is me saying positive things about Jordan Bell. Um, when he when Jordan Bell went vertical, there would be moments where Jalen Johnson, as a weak side guy, would come up and just like hit into the back. Top that is that is something that's very much in his wheelhouse jump being the guy who's going vertical going straight up and contesting a guy all the way through is not something he has to pop for and especially if he is a little bit like this so like i think that it was a little bit of like okay so let's see how this plays and the second thing is that i think there is a little bit of zach levine at point guard happening defensively oh. so Meaning, like, just putting him there and get, seeing seeing what it's going to do for development purposes. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like that. Be like, it is a way of of keeping him engaged because yeah. on on defense in the NBA, the five is the like is the captain. You have to call out everything, and it's a way of being like, okay, so like you now have to organize everybody. Like, you're at the very back. Say, call out every screen, call out every action, and it's really hard to disengage when you're responsible for that stuff, especially with older guys on the floor who are going to be like. I got clocked with a screen and you didn't say anything. I would yeah. like some explanation, please. Um, I think that it's a way of one, like, you know, just giving him more reps with more defensive pressure, you know, having to do all this is like being a five is just so much harder than a four. And there is, you know, a, an idea that it speeds up the defensive development for the, just the time he's, he hasn't played. Like he's missing probably like 30 to 40 games of what a, a player who played a full high school, full high school senior season and a full college season would have had. Oh He's yeah, trying to make least. up those reps, and also like if you want to keep somebody engaged, having them having to call out everything, it's it's really hard to like you know like look at other stuff or you know look in the crowd or grab on your shorts if you're responsible for driving the, the defense. <laughs> yeah, no, I that makes sense. Actually, I hadn't thought about that way, but that does uh, that does sort of track with what they were asking me to do. I mean, I guess 
the question, and we're going to run out of time at some point, but I, people want to know now what he'll look like in a real NBA setting, and it's early, and I, I keep trying to stress that like there's a lot of guys in front of him. This is a team that's trying to win now, and they're not going to just give him the courtesy minutes that they probably would have two years ago. But at the same time, if you know he's he's more of a talent than the number twenty overall pick is supposed to be. So like, there's yes. this weird discussion point of like, how much do they go out of their way to play him? Um, because they do have guys in front of him. I mean, even at even a backup power forward, you have, you have Gallinari as a backup power forward. Like that guy's like a top eighty player in the league. <laughs> they can't just like, you know, they have to put him ahead of people to play him unless there are injuries. So I, I don't really know how to even answer it. But what did you sort of see his rookie season? being i mean i think that it's uh somewhat similar to the the james james wiseman plan um where james wiseman had missed um uh, you know sections of multiple years um and was basically behind on developmental time like you need to figure out a system whether it is uh, a specific training regimen uh, a, a game schedule idea of going up and down something that causes them to regain the time that they've lost and the hawks have a one or one of the few teams that have teams in one city and I think that you know practicing and, and doing shoot around with with the Hawks and then playing you know decision heavy minutes um with with the Skyhawks is a thing that makes a ton of sense just yeah. in terms of you are down games we're going to try to get you as many games as possible some of the NBA games you might play four minutes but they're going to be four heavily controlled you're doing a specific thing we're going to grade you as hard as possible in those four minutes and then at the you know at the G League level you're going to be a creator and yeah. or you know somewhat like a more creative version than what we saw of him in summer league where they were clearly still doing some evaluation and still feeling out and you know there's there's going to be a learning curve here and i think that like while talent wise yes jalen johnson is going to play um a lottery pick a level of minutes you also have to be recognized that like he has the games played like a mid-second semester high school senior so how are you going to go from that point until ready to contribute to a playoff team? There needs to be a specific plan on that plan. Most likely doesn't involve just throwing him to the wolves, which uh, doesn't always work. No, I mean, it's interesting to me just because I think, and Travis Schlecky even said this on the record, like he, he made no bones about there being a plan or at least an expectation that he would, he would spend some time in college park before some, before summer league. And then predictably, I'm sure you're not surprised. He comes out and looks great in summer league. And now every Hawks fans like, all right, well, he's not playing in college park anymore. It's like, well, I understand that reaction because he did look good, but the team construct is just very important to point out because even it's not even that the Hawks are good and they are, they're also incredibly deep at the positions that he plays. Like they have, they have four or five guys who are all like quality NBA players for sure that are like kind of in his way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's like uh, they have to kind of go out of their way to play him in the NBA and they might. And honestly, there's an argument that they probably should, but it's not going to be 20 minutes. It's going to be like you said, it'll, it'll be little bursts of time where they want to see him. And maybe Gallinari has a night off on a back to back and they come up and they play in 12 minutes or whatever it's going to be, but it won't be consistently like, Jalen's played every night for us. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen at least early on. No, and I mean, I think the 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 more unique a player situation, the more unique the plan has to be. Yeah, and this is complicated by like the Hawks are good. Like yes, they're 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 a very good basketball team. So like 
anything that he develops into is a benefit, but like you can't lose the forest for the trees because the trees just made the eastern spines. That's what I keep. I keep saying that over. I'm sure people are annoyed with me by saying this, but there's on one hand, everyone is used to Hawks make draft picks, and then the guy plays yeah. a ton the next season because they've been in this rebuild situation. And that, and even last year, even last bad. year, like last year, Kongwu was the number six pick in the draft, but they also like he he was hurt, but they drafted him knowing he would be the backup center, like opening night that was the plan for him to be back up center this year they're just as deep or deeper and he wasn't the number six pick overall like he might have that talent but they're, they're just not that like designated role for him opening night. and that's by the way that's totally fine like it's weird it's by the way this is a good problem but so this hawks, is this is probably one of the best problems to have the hawks drafted two guys who you and i both think were wildly underdrafted and now, but they're they, they, that's still that's still where they went in the draft. So like they're they're talented, but they went that in that spot in terms of this, this team context. Like no matter who the Hawks picked at twenty, I've said this before the draft. I'll still say it now. That guy wasn't going to be in their projected nightmare rotation opening night. It just wasn't going to happen. And Johnson was the best possible talent they could have gotten basically at twenty, and that's still true. Yep, and like I I think that. Hoku is a good example of a player who was a, you know, I mean, if Wiseman is uh, too high of a pick and, and obviously like with a high level pick comes a more institutional investment automatically. And like, there is a problem sending a top pick to the G league because there is an optics involved that ownership or, you know, um, yes. uh, management may have issues with. So we'll use Poku as a more neutral example. Poku had a, had a, his overseas team tried to hide him in the second division. He was clearly going to get drafted if he played minutes. So they like just basically toggled the switch between him playing 30 minutes a game and then him playing two minutes <laughs> at a, a second division. And then eventually, you know, they're clearly just trying to be like, Oh yeah, nobody wants you. There's no NBA people here. Um, so he's down a whole bunch of minutes because like he was a, you know, at the very least a, a, uh, a player who would have contributed at the first division level. Um, you know, the team he played for, um, and was, uh, or Olympiacos was uh, like an actual good team, but like he would have been something there. And the Thunder drafted him knowing that he was had a minutes deficit from a developmental perspective. And like they were a bad team and they still tried to control how and when he played and then moved him down to the G League. And then finally, once they felt like he was like solid enough after like a G League bubble where he was um, still trying insane things, it's Poku. But like they had a plan on a bad team to get him there. That doesn't, that bar doesn't get lower on a good team, it gets higher. So, I mean, while he does have the talent of a player who drafted in the 20s, the, the threshold of how good you have to be to crack this off rotation is, is like just the, the level of player you have to be to crack this off rotation and contribute in a playoff game is extremely high. And rookies are generally bad. That is uh, most important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the most important thing, though, is, is not that the best version of Jalen Johnson doesn't help the 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 version that is best for Jalen Johnson probably doesn't help the 2021, 2022, and then Hawks. The best thing for him is to develop and then reach his ultimate goal. It's not to, you know, be shoehorned into like nine minutes a game where he's sort of doing something, but not making up that developmental time. And then, you know, maybe in two years when they need to give him a starting spot, his development, you know, may eventually get there, but it's not that there was a strategic plan laid out for him. It's that well, you know, he was really talented, so we wanted to push him. Like, you want to be patient because the 
best version of him is, is the one that helps you win these playoff games, not participate in them. Yeah, that's a, uh... That's all well said. Uh, I need to get you out of here. Um, if you haven't said anything that you want to share about Joe and Johnson, feel free to do so. Uh, and if not, please plug everything you got going on. I know people's probably heard at the end of part one as well, but if not, uh, people should be following your stuff. So tell them, tell them where they can do that. Yeah. Um, I think I covered everything uh, about Jalen. He does still struggle to box out. That's the other concern that I have. He, he still rebounds like a four, you know, normal which, stuff, but which, which is, which is fine for a rookie yeah, four. Fine. Like, you know. yeah. But it, it's just another point, you know, like, no, yeah, this is what this is what expected when you get played a little bit out of position and thrown into, thrown into the deep end. There are areas that just don't go well. Um, if you want to hear more about Jalen Johnson, I did a uh, I, I did a review of his summer league breaking down. Uh, I believe it was the Sixers game. Um, uh, uh, it's about 30 to 45 minutes walk through a game uh, to 10 to 15 plays that, you know, represent areas that I was really looking for. Um, with with a couple of guests um i have one with sharif hooper that has been done by the time this podcast comes out um if you want to read my previous writings about jalen johnson or you know anything that i've written uh previously or talk about some of the ideas like you know advantage creation or stuff like that um it, my work is on patreon um it's always free but if you can donate a couple bucks that would be greatly appreciated um i'm going to be doing these summer league reviews until friday or saturday uncertain um and i uh do my day job at uh, at cerebro sports where i build uh build metrics and uh consult for teams agents and organizations um and if any of that sounds so like this, something that would be interesting to you uh call it your boy yeah i would recommend doing just that but thank you for all the time my friend i appreciate it i'm sure i'll beg you to come on at some other point in time and we'll talk about the next the next class because they're they're coming yeah, I mean, at the very least, um, you know, um, when uh, when Jalen Johnson has like a triple double uh, uh, for the Skyhawks, um, or you know, Sharif Cooper puts up twenty assists or something, I'm sure that I'll come and do an extremely large G League shaped victory lap. Love um, that. I'm, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in for G League victory laps. Uh, oh my that's... god, it, it, nothing would make me happier than just throwing a parade. Be like, what happened? Uh, a guy who I thought was really good had a great G League game. Yeah, that's that perfect. That's really all you need in life. Um, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it all the time again. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out PD's work, and we'll see you next time.